Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Hello, ladies. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I love it, Mark Titan. No voice is not stopping Mark Dyson from great. Do you know what that is? Love I don't think you. I don't. Here. I don't think you should know. I don't think that's up your alley. It's oh. unfortunately up my alley. Do you know what that is? No. That uh, it's a wrestler by the name of Val Venus, and his entire uh, maybe, sounds like an adult uh, film well, star. That that that's exactly what it was. Val Venus and his whole thing was he was a great Mark's smile right he, now is as wide as four sixty five. He was, he was a great love. That that's that was the entire shtick. Do we need to get Marcus Freeman back on to talk wrestling here? (laughs) Different kind of wrestling, Uh, but yeah, Val Venus. uh, You'll get go to YouTube. You'll get lost in some uh, in some in some things you probably wouldn't be able to do on USA Network anymore on cable television. (laughs) Should I do that on the work Wi-Fi or should Uh, I wait till I get home and do that? Maybe. that bad, but yeah, you know. Maybe Mark Dyke, this is one of Mark's days of the year, it, frankly. Oh, is it? I didn't uh, know that. It, no, he will be outstanding with, re, with re-entries, as he always is, but all morning long. Unfortunately, Mark battled a little voice issue here <laughs> on this Wednesday well, morning. Plus, on Valentine's Day, Mark doesn't have to have a conversation with his wife, hey, so he's in a great... Have to kids. He's got it better than him. Nobody right yeah. now. Uh, shout out to everybody. Happy Valentine's Day here on this Wednesday, the 14th of February. Adrian Wojnarowski going to join us here. Fun all-star event tomorrow night at the Vogue with Tyrese Halliburton and Grant Hill. So we'll chat with Woj about that coming up at 8.30, among other things there. Again, all-star weekend really going to begin a lot more from an event standpoint as we get to Friday. A few items tonight, a few tomorrow, uh, but we still have a full slate of NBA games tonight. Uh, and also three of them tomorrow before Indy really takes over starting on Friday. All right, so you had some issues here. Uh, let's get them going. You you had, you had saw something in The Athletic that you disagreed with. Strongly. A- and, and I should say, uh, we have some leftover nuggets for the Hall of Fame. Obviously, Reggie Wayne did not make it. Dwight Freeney did. We talked a lot last week uh, about that. So I want you to get to both of those things. And then on top of it, yesterday... The agent to Anthony Richardson, you know, we've been hearing uh, he's close to throwing, he's close to throwing. Uh, and so, you know, I don't know, what was it, about 10, 15 second video or so of Anthony Richardson uh, throwing a couple passes after that shoulder injury. Supposedly, he's about six weeks-ish ahead of schedule. I guess some of the stuff was, you know, they had to kind of pull him back a little bit. We're not going to do uh, do too much, but, you know, this week does start the beginning of Anthony Richardson throwing a football, and that's a good thing. One item on that. I've got scar tissue from Andrew Luck. I don't care if he's ahead of schedule. Don't treat him like he's ahead of schedule. You know, that always gets, I'm like, that wait, always makes people happy. We're talking about happy. the right shoulder of your franchise well, quarterback. it's also February. The Super Bowl just happened. So you have, you know, all of February, March, April, May, June, July, and into August before we need you to throw a football. We are three months away from the first, like, 
ideal world he'd be throwing with his guys. Seven on seven, 11, you know, three months. Mid-May is when you ramp up OTAs, seven on seven, 11 on 11 aspect to the offseason. Again, for me, that's where I'm at. Sure, it's nice to see the video yesterday that Derek Jackson, his agent, tweeted out. Uh, I, I, I retweeted it for those that might have missed it. Uh, but this is kind of on target of what Richardson has said publicly. Uh, you know, 16 weeks post surgery. Um, he, you know, kind of right around you know mid February is where he thought or when he thought he'd start his throwing again. Um, I guess kind of playing off Richardson a little bit. Yeah, I, I thought there was a tweet from former NFL GM Randy Mueller that I just could not disagree with more in saying this yesterday, exiting the Super Bowl. He shares this. He goes, the Chiefs are now the poster child for not paying a wideout. Will other teams adopt and tamp down values of this year's mediocre group of free agent wideouts? Well, I mean, I mean, you agree on the back? Do you agree on the back end that, that, that I, I the free guess agent it's a class mediocre group of you know wideouts? I, I I don't know. I mean, but Pitt, those guys never hit the market as a true free agent. You know, it's Pittman, very Calvin rare. Ridley, Mike Evans, T. Higgins. I don't know. It, to me, it's not a horrible group. Now, again, to your point, do they get all the way there? Yeah, a lot. A lot How of guys many of them don't. get franchise tags? Sure. How many of them get re-signed? But the basis of the or the premise of the uh, of the tweet in general, I just think is idiotic. Uh, where's the context? The Chiefs have. In my opinion, the greatest quarterback of all time. In my opinion, the greatest tight end of all time. You don't think that helps them in creating a Super Bowl caliber team? They had one of the better defenses in the NFL this season. And they have a Hall of Fame level defensive coordinator as well. And a Hall of Fame coach. Right. And again, like, okay, Kansas City, they are almost just like an outlier in every sort of comparable thing you do with NFL teams. Let's put Kansas City to the side, Andy, okay? And let's look at the other teams that have either gotten to the Super Bowl or won a Super Bowl or whatever, played in it in recent years, okay? Hell, just look at the team that competed against Kansas City on Sunday night. San Francisco, okay? Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Pretty good. That's pretty good there? Okay, not to mention George Kittle. Uh, How about Philadelphia? You don't think A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith's? A pretty good well, duo. It's not, it's not even that. It's the high drafting of Devontae Smith, a top 10 pick. And then it's, hey, and you talked about this yesterday. Hey, that's not quite good enough. Let's go get A.J. Brown. And the second they got A.J. Brown, they were a Super Bowl contender. And Jalen Hurts sure looked a hell of a lot better, did he not? Remind me again it of those. changed everything. Remind me again of those Rams and Bengals wideouts when they faced off in the Super Bowl of Chase and Higgins and Boyd and Beckham and Cup. Uh, you want to go back a little bit further? What Tom Brady had in Tampa, a very prime Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know, again, like, I just think that is such a a lazy comment to all of a sudden act like Kansas City should be the poster child of not paying a wideout. Okay, you're going to give me Patrick Mahomes to (laughs) offset the Kadarius Tonys and the Valdez Scantlings of the world. And to be fair, that wideout group. Andy, they were better in the postseason than they had. There was not the abundance of drops we saw in the regular season. So I just thought when you couple Mahomes and you couple Kelsey, it's just such an idiotic statement um, from that. There's also one other Super Bowl item that I want to note that I think applies to the Colts. It's not the deadline for this decision is not going to come for a couple of months. That's quitty pay in early May when you have to make the uh, fifth year team option decision on him. But you walk away from the Super Bowl and in two months or whatever, Andy, you could go back and look at that box score and you could see Chris Jones and Nick Bosa had no sacks in that game. 
and again, like a lazy thought would be, oh man, they didn't yeah, they really didn't, impact they didn't do anything. the game, right? For anyone that watched it, that could have been MVP. I mean, both Bosa of them shortlist and Jones MVP. Yeah, were outstanding in creating pressure at various parts of the game. They had uh, several quarterback hits. That's what I get at with a little bit of the pay thing. Is like, okay, the sacks is not the end all be all. It, it's some of the consistent pressure. So. Boy, Randy Mueller, yeah, ex NFL GM. Uh, I expect a lot better there. That 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 to me is just such well, a lazy. Well, comment. think about this for a second. I mean, there's a number of things with this, but think about it. The entire conversation all year with the Chiefs has been the lack of wide of, of quality wide it's receivers. The one holding them back. I, I mean, way. it's it's been the conversation piece of why they struggled at large parts of the season it has been the conversation piece. How many games, KB, did you see a frustrated Patrick Mahomes leaving the field? And he was doing so not because of the left guard, not because of Kelsey, not because of Jarek McKinnon. He was doing so because a wide receiver was running the wrong route, was dropping the football, whatever it was. And, you know, it's disingenuous. They tried. You know, they, yes, they got, yes, they moved Tyree Kill, but they thought they would be able to replace Tyree Kill. You know, they spent, was it a late first rounder on Sky Moore? He was a high draft pick. Yeah, they, second, second uh, rounder. Oh, was yeah. it a second rounder? Yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't remember if he was late first or, or was into the second. I mean, Sky Moore was a guy they thought was going to be a good receiver, and they traded for Kadarius Tony. I mean, they tried with Kadarius Tony, they tried with uh, Sky Moore. And just to add to, or or if I guess if I'm battling uh, Mueller's point would be, you know, Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati, along with now T. Higgins, they're leaving the Bengals. So next year, I am interested in, A, how much Cincinnati kind of replenishes that. But not, but not only that, if they struggle, especially early on in the season, and people are like, wow, what do you expect? You lost, you know, Tyler Boyd, who was a nice, you know, inside receiver. You lost T. Higgins, uh, who, who went, you know, to fill in the team on a big-time deal. The last thing I would say on this, and this is... This is the it thing to do, and we've done this with running backs, and I don't think Mueller's going to get away with it on wide receivers, is we if a team wins the Super Bowl or is very good without a particular position maybe being uber strong, we act like there are all of these positions that just don't matter. We've done it with running back. Ah, running back doesn't matter. Yeah, just throw anybody yeah, in there. Yeah, but I think he there's a little that. bit more context well, with I, running back, I, I, or there's more realistic no, but examples. what I'm saying is he's going to try that with the wide receiver position. Yeah, I don't no, think we're going to no. buy that. But, I mean, that's the thing. Ah, this Do we not look at the matter. other teams that have made the Super Bowl Listen, recently? The, the, the best example is A.J. Brown. The best example is what A.J. Brown meant to that offense the second he went to Philadelphia. And, and it got John Robinson fired in Tennessee. It 100% got him fired. Making that move, their offense hits the skids, and the Eagles become one of the better off. Ask Shane Steichen what the addition of A.J. Brown meant. Two weeks from today, NFL Combine really will ramp up here. We'll be down there, of course, broadcasting live from the convention center. Yesterday, the list was announced 321 prospects from a local angle, uh, eight from the team up in South Bend, Avon's Blake Fisher, if you want to narrow it down to even a more local angle. You have Tyrone Tracy, Decatur Central product, the lone Purdue rep, the lone IU rep is Aaron Casey, who really had a very nice season for the Hoosiers, a linebacker there. Um, I saw Max Olson tweeted out these numbers, just astonishing, of the 321 prospects, Andy 35% of them are transfers. 
35 percent. 35 percent. How yeah, about that, that 79 percent of the quarterbacks transfers? 11 of the 14 quarterbacks. No other position was over 50 percent. Quarterbacks, 79 percent. And I'm always a bit torn on this because the Colts have obviously drafted guys that have transferred over the years. I'm always torn on how NFL evaluators look at it. And again, I think each case has got to be viewed individually. But if you're Chris Ballard and company, do you view it as, hey, that guy has battled adversity. You know, that guy was dealt, you know, it didn't work out for him at the previous stop. But you know what? Uh, Like Will Levis, you know, it didn't work out at Penn State. But then all of a sudden he transferred to the SEC. He wasn't afraid of the SEC. He went there and, you know, obviously had a better career than he did at Penn State. Or do you look at it and say, no, he was scared and he ran. And at the first sign of adversity, he didn't want to stick it out and, you know, really work hard at it. Uh, I know those are two very ends of the spectrum takes there, but that's always something that I'm interested in of, you know, how NFL teams view the transfer label. Because right now, I mean, hell, one third of your prospects that you're going to look at in the combine have that label too. Oh, I, I don't think they have a I don't think they have a choice, do they? <laughs> you gotta bend the knee to the transfer portal. Just right, a right, little right. bit. But again, do you view that positively uh, or negatively? Yeah, I I, I would imagine I, for me it doesn't Because adversity happens in the NFL, obviously. It does. Who who are the guys that did not transfer? So Caleb Williams did not transfer, right? Drake May, North Carolina. No, 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 Caleb Williams did. Why am I blank? Oh okay, absolutely. He went from Oklahoma to USC. Um JJ McCarthy did not transfer in his college career, and Drake May did not transfer in his college career, and I believe did Austin Reed at Western Kentucky. That would be the other one. There's three that did not transfer, though, because you know Jordan Travis did, Spencer Rattler did. Obviously Penix. uh, Penix did, Bo Nix did, Joe Milton did, Devin Leary did, going from NC State to Kentucky. Your boy Sam Hartman. Yeah, but again, way, this is the new quarterback trend. Yeah, like it's it is the NIL money's the most. Like I, I I totally get it, and I'm not. I I don't sit here like you know old man get off my lawn because I do think there are some individual cases where it makes sense, and you know for a lot of these guys, it's not like they didn't have great success at the first stop. It's more of just oh wait, I had really good success. Now I can turn that into something even more. You know, again, for Hartman, it didn't work out, but, you know, they view it as, oh boy, I've got a chance to be in a sort of playoff type of contending team. Penix, of course. He's a good good example. He probably, you know, felt like, hey, I've kind of, I'm not playing in A, an NFL style offense at Wake Forest, and it's Wake Forest, and I've hit hit my level. Now I can jump in these big time programs like a Notre Dame. They want somebody like that. And again, Penix is like, wait, I'm getting killed in Bloomington? Like, literally, I mean, why would I? Continue to play behind this offensive line. Some injuries, of course, certainly played. Boy, a, a lot into of these that. guys, it worked out. I, I mean, a lot of them, it worked out. I don't know if you'd say Hartman worked out. I mean, Caleb Williams, it didn't work out this year, but he won the Heisman Trophy. He's going to be sure. the number one pick sure. in the draft. Uh, a little bit more football conversation. We'll probably get to uh, later in the show. Again, Adrian Wojnarowski going to join us in a half hour. We'll talk about his event with All Star Weekend with Tyrese Halliburton coming up tomorrow night, and some NBA topics as well. And we'll get back to the hoops from a local angle. Unfortunately, ugly one in Terre Haute last night. Butler playing with a little bit of house money. How do you view that? We'll chat about that on the other side. It is the wake-up call. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. 
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. KB and Andy on a Valentine's Day Wednesday. I appreciate everyone hanging out with us on this Wednesday. KB and Andy, it's the Wake Up Call broadcasting live from the drivehuber.com studios. Reminder, Mark Kestishier, ESPN Radio. Kesty, Uncle Kesty, he'll join us uh, coming up at 9 o'clock. I should mention as well, uh, keep following uh, WIBC traffic, KB. I don't know if you've seen this, but there are wrecks all over right now in Metro Indy, including uh, northbound 65 at South Keystone is all backed up right in center lanes. There's a truck upside down. So I figured I'd mention that we try to whenever things are really messy. And right now uh, they are pretty messy. So uh, follow WIBC uh, and my guy, Matt Bear, who I pass in the hallway every morning for all of that. All right, let's jump on out. Pay less liquors hotline. Tons to talk about uh, the Pacers, Indy hosting the all-star weekend and much more. And Adrian Wojnarowski joining us here on the program, ESPN senior NBA insider Woj good morning Uh, I want to get in just a second we've been promoting this morning uh, your podcast which is going to be at the Vogue Theater tomorrow so I want to give you some time on that but 30 minutes ago you had a Woj bomb you and Ramona Shelburne uh, that the Warriors and Lakers had a conversation about LeBron James being traded to the Warriors what else can you tell us about that and was the hesitancy on the Lakers or more maybe on LeBron's side of things no, good morning, guys. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, Right prior to the trade deadline, uh, middle of last week, the Warriors called the Lakers. It was an owner-to-owner call. Joe Lake Cub to Jeannie Buss. And, and essentially, Lake Cub asked if some of the uh, apparent frustration that LeBron James was feeling, you saw the hourglass uh, emoji, you know, in the days leading into the trade deadline, was there an opening for a discussion on the availability of LeBron James? Uh, it was something Draymond Green, we were told, uh, was encouraging uh, his owner or his, excuse me, you know, Joe Lake of his boss to do. And essentially, Jeannie Buss, her response was, we're not interested in trading him, but if you're asking me about his mindset, why don't you call his representation, reach out to Rich Paul and ask him if he's frustrated or whether he's happy here. And I think that's part of how Jeannie Buss has always operated that team. She wants her star players to be happy. She's want, she wants them to want to be there. And essentially she said, ask Rich Paul and Joe Lacob and Mike Dunleavy Jr., their GM, you know, eventually – uh, got to Rich Paul, and he shut this down hmm. and said LeBron has no interest. They had no interest in being traded, and that was the end of it. There were other calls. Mike Dunleavy Jr. to Rob Palenka, who told them we're not interested in trading LeBron. And if you, as you read through the story, you'll see the Lakers had other calls, or another call anyway, leading into the trade deadline. Daryl Morey in Philadelphia called on LeBron James. Now, Daryl Morey will call on everybody's star. He called Phoenix and went down the line on their 
uh, you know, on Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, uh, Bradley Beal, and was told no on all of them. He was obviously told no on LeBron James. But the fact that an owner called an owner, they had more than one conversation uh, about uh, the Warriors' interest. They wanted to pair him with, obviously, Steph Curry with Draymond Green. LeBron's in the last year of his deal, potentially. He's got a player option on next season. Uh, but uh, those conversations never went for, far enough that the Warriors even could make an offer. The Lakers never gave them an opening to even make an offer on LeBron James. But this was a twenty hmm. very interesting 24-hour window between those two organizations. Quite the Woj bomb about a half hour ago. Again, Agent Wojnowski from ESPN, the GOAT. He's with us here on the Payless Lickers Hotline. Speaking of stars, he's got an event with the Pacers star coming up, Tyrese Halliburton, tomorrow night at the Vogue. We'll get to that in just a second. One more on on this news item, if you mm-hmm. don't mind, Woj. You think LeBron will end his career ultimately with the Lakers, or do you see another stop? You know, we say in the story, and – you know, our reporting certainly right now is that his focus this summer is remaining with the Lakers. And with that player option, typically you're going to decline the player option and then do a new deal because you can get a raise off of that number. You could do an, you could do a one plus one or a two plus one or whatever at this point. I don't think he's doing, you know, at this point in his career, 40 years old, uh, it's probably certainly a shorter deal. I'm told that's still his focus to do. And, you know, so much of his post-career is going to play out on the West Coast. He wants to be, uh, you know, he wants to be part of a potential ownership group in Vegas. He's working pretty, very diligently on that with the groups that, that would help him do that. But certainly, certainly, I don't think you ever can rule it out. But I think his intentions have been to remain there. And I think the Lakers believe that they have an opportunity this summer to upgrade that roster, uh, have some more draft capital that they could put into trades and try this summer to improve their supporting cast. I don't think they're championship contenders right now. Um, Is there a move this summer that could put them back into that conversation? LeBron and obviously the NBA world will be descending upon Indianapolis here in the coming days. It is All-Star Weekend coming up here in the Circle City. Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN joining us right now to chat more about that. Woj, your event at the Vogue tomorrow night. I've had some way back Wednesdays at the Vogue. This sounds like a little bit more of an educational night with Tyrese Halliburton. And I find the Grant Hill appearance, considering the Team USA connection for Halliburton in a Olympic year, interesting yeah. as well. Let our audience know what they could be getting into tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for it. I've had both Tyrese and Grant Hill separately on my podcast. And they are, listen, people in Indianapolis know about uh, Tyrese Halliburton. And I, I think it's going to be a fun night. I, I think it's going to be... Uh, he's always candid. He's always open. He's always got something interesting to say. Uh, and then having Grant Hill come in and join us uh, halfway through, obviously the managing director of USA Basketball, Hall of Famer. And, uh, you know, I wanted to try to pair a couple people that I thought would really complement each other. Uh, and I think probably in the second half of it, maybe a little broader conversation about the league with both Grant and Tyrese together. Obviously, USA Basketball, they were part of uh, the team last summer. Um, at the Worlds, uh, obviously, you know, there's certainly a, a real possibility that Tyrese Halliburton could be part of the Olympic team next summer. Uh, I just think it's a great pairing of two people, of two smart, interesting, accomplished people. 
And listen, I think if you're a Pacer fan, a chance to, it's a small theater. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited. I've never been in the Vogue. People just rave about it. You guys obviously know it uh, well, but just sort of that intimate environment of a conversation. And I think it's a way for fans to get up close and get to see uh, Tyrese Halliburton, get to see Grant Hill and uh, really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I love you know, I've been to the Final Four in Indy, and All-Star Weekend in Indy, I think, is going to be great. There's no better basketball town, uh, no better basketball metropolis, certainly, in America. Uh, obviously, no better basketball state than Indiana. They always do these big events right. So much history there. And I think the timing for the Pacers organization, with the success they've had this year, and obviously Tyrese Halliburton, who's been, you know, really maybe the breakout player in the league this year, certainly in the East. And so uh, we still have tickets available. Yeah, it's a, like I said, it's a fairly intimate theater, but um, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, that's going to be, again, at The Vogue. That's tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, thevogue.com. If you want to check out tickets there, thevogue.com, the Woj Podcast Live. Again, Halliburton's going to be there, Woj, obviously, uh, and Grant Hill. That should be a lot of fun uh, as well. You know, I got thinking, you mentioned Halliburton and the Pacers, uh, his emergence, perhaps they are a little bit ahead of schedule a few weeks ago. Now, what, month ago or so, we see the move for Pascal Siakam. We know they need to lock him up to that max deal this offseason. That's going to be number one with the move they made to kind of, you know, get rid of Buddy Heald at the trade deadline. Woj, what do you think is next for the Pacers? Is there another sizable swing that the front office can make? What do you make about the future moves, I guess, that they could make here in the next year or so? Well, I think, you know, obviously re-signing Pascal Siakam this offseason, I think there's a lot of confidence uh, that that will happen, that can happen. Uh, you know, he was excited about the trade to Indiana. I think he's loved being there so far. And I think the Pacers traded for him with, with some confidence that, you know, they'd be able to do that. I think with the current economics of the NBA, like, you know, Halliburton, Pascal Siakam, and, you know, Miles Turner, certainly, you, you don't want to see growth. I think their, their big moves are going to be the growth of their young players, Ben Matherin. Uh, you know, that group, seeing those guys uh, grow around, you know, the all-star, all-star level players on Halliburton, Pascal, Siakam. Certainly, uh, this is a group that you want to see get better defensively. That was part of the thought of uh, bringing in Siakam. Uh, but I think this is an organization that I think Indiana is seeing the benefits of this new collective bargaining agreement that was just going to make it very difficult for the big market teams who could run up huge luxury tax bills and have three stars, have three max players. It is going to just be really, really difficult to do that and have any kind of supporting cast, any kind of roster flexibility. And so I think, you know, maybe in a previous year, you know, a Golden State, a Clippers, a Lakers trades for Siakam because they could pay him as a third star the league wanted to see star talent spread around. And I think Indiana, uh, to an extent, is a beneficiary of that. But also the fact that they were building something there, what uh, Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan and Rick, uh, Rick Carlisle have done, uh, the leadership there, and the Halliburton trade changed the organization. It's a team, guys want to play with him, um, and guy, people see him as a legitimate 
franchise star you can build around. Those are hard to get. They're really hard to get in trades, and they're even harder to get when they're really young. And the Pacers did all that with Halliburton. Yeah, I am bullish on Tyrese's ability to attract some guys here moving forward. Just uh, retweeted the link to those tickets. Again, tomorrow night at the Vogue, Adrian Wojnarowski with us here on the Payless Stickers Hotline. Tyrese Halliburton and Grant Hill. You can check out my Twitter page for a link uh, to those tickets. Woj, one Halliburton item I did want to ask you about. Uh, I guess it's a little bit on the floor, a little bit off the floor, but that 65-game rule has been a big topic for us here locally, and Tyrese playing that mark. He's got a couple of games to play with here the rest of the season, potentially getting the All-NBA nod, and obviously the contractual uh, finances off of that. Do you see any tweaking of that rule moving forward here? Obviously the Embiid situation I know has dominated some of your headlines as well, but how do you see the NBA reacting to that rule moving forward? Yeah, I don't think they're going to change it. I, there always can be tweaks, and, and maybe there's some more latitude when for players who are close around 65, um, like in Tyrese Halliburton's case, where you know I think they would have been willing or will be willing to include the play-in championship, or excuse me, the in-season championship game. That makes sense. You know, you might want to say, hey, can we include the All-Star game in that? They're probably not going to do that. Um, but I think the league wanted this rule very much. They've got it in place. And there are probably going to be a couple guys every year who are going to be you know, who are going to hover around that and, and maybe an injury um, keeps them from all NBA. If you look through it historically, especially with the awards, not so much the all NBA, but the awards, there's not many guys who've won, like whether it's defensive player of the year, MVP, uh, most improved, whatever it is, not many guys who've won it uh, below 65. There's a few. and I, But I think this is something the league really wanted and I don't see dramatic change to this. They wanted players on the floor. They've gotten them on the floor more this year. But I think the concern for teams, though, is the idea that injured players, players who aren't healthy, are going to play when they shouldn't play uh, to try to keep themselves, to get them at that 65 number. And does that cost teams in the postseason? Does that cost teams, you know, are we going to see less stars in the playoffs because they injured themselves or they made worse an injury. I think that's all collateral damage to this, but you know, they made a decision in the NBA, especially with a new TV deal coming to have more star players on the court. They've gotten it. We'll see at what cost that is. And again, like you don't want injured players playing and then uh, making injuries worse or, um, but that's going to all be part of this. I don't see it changing. Well, which we'll end with this. Your colleague Adam Schefter has shared the story before on where he was and what he was doing when breaking the news of Andrew Luck and his retirement. <laughs> Certainly some people here in Indianapolis had some opinions on it. Simply to me, Schefter was just doing his job. What is your craziest news-breaking story? You know, well, I'm going to have to think about that one for Thursday night. I... I Adam was at a dinner. I remember him telling me that he was at a family, like a mother-in-law dinner birthday <laughs> dinner. I yeah. believe, if I, I, I remember correctly. This. I, um, I can, I have a pretty good memory of almost every story I've broken, physically where I was. Like if you can ask me different stories through the years, I can tell you. Yeah, I pulled off the road and I parked in that cemetery. <laughs> I pulled off the road and I parked in this apartment building complexes 
parking lot. I pulled off. I like. I have a pretty good memory of like all over northern New Jersey of these places that I've had to pull over. Um, you know the I best Uber Wi-Fi spots in northern New Jersey. More. Yeah, I Ubered a lot more, but you know, flights and <clears throat> you know, spotty wireless on flights. That's why I, t- I tend to only try to fly red eyes. Like especially a lot of my travel now is New York to LA, <clears throat> and I'll only fly red eyes home because the phone typically doesn't ring between you know midnight and six a.m. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, that's. Um, you need good wireless wherever you are. <laughs> well, we'll be That's sharing great. those stories tomorrow night again inside of the Vogue, 8 o'clock. Uh, again, the link is on our Twitter page, The Wake Up Call, and just retweeted that Tyrese Halliburton, Grant Hill, Adrian Wojnarowski, The Woj Pod, tomorrow night live at the Vogue. Woj, safe travels to Indy. Good luck to your right. Bonnies trying to get on Ooh. a run here late mm. in the hey, season. That's, that's that's where I'm going from All-Star. I'm there Thursday, Friday. I've got a 5.30 a.m. flight through Washington to Buffalo. And then uh, down to Olean for Bonnie's Davidson. Everybody else is going to Cabo. I'm going to Bonnie's Davidson. Gosh, I, I absolutely love your passion for your alma mater That's there great. in St. Bonaventure. Again, hopefully they can get on a run here late in the year. Well, right. we will uh, see you Thanks, tomorrow night, guys. man. I appreciate you. See you in Indy. Okay. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Take care. All right, 9 o'clock hour. We're in the drivehuber.com studios. One more hour to go. KB and Andy, it's the wake-up call here on the fan on this Wednesday. Uh, we just had Woe John. You miss any of that? Podcast Center, 1075thefan.com. Mark Kestishier from ESPN going to join us here in just a second. Now, I mentioned this a half an hour ago, and KB, you were in the hallway. You saw Matt Bear over there at IBC. Uh, apparently, traffic's just ridiculous all around uh, Indianapolis. I mean, you have 465 right now before West 56th Street. Uh, there's been some work on the shoulder area there. 465 West 56th Street. You also have a blocking of the left lane. Uh, and also, again, on 465 before I-65, blocking on both shoulders. So South Keystone had a wreck. There's wrecks all over Indianapolis. But yeah. we're sitting here warm in the studio. Uh, FCC will not allow me to <laughs> reveal the exact phrase that Matt Bear used when I asked him about the morning on the roadways. But but yes, um, south side, west side, check it out. WIBC traffic, unfortunately, not a great start to what is a rather fine weather Wednesday morning for those that have not been outside just yet. But certainly keep an eye on that. It does look like weather-wise, we aren't going to have a great... Uh, uh, precipitation will be fine, but I, I did... I was kind of hoping I know. we'd stay in the 50s throughout the All-Star weekend. Doesn't look like Saturday in particular looks to be... The coldest of the days there. So, again, I don't think. To us, 
grew up in this market. No worry. <laughs> Hopefully, those on the West Coast and in the southern parts of the U.S. can uh, overlook well, that. Well, the the only the only bummer is uh, it, uh, two things. The only bummer is last week was really nice. And have you peeped at all for next weekend? Next it's week supposed to be, it's going to be yeah, back in the warming 50s. up again. Yeah, <laughs> it's I know. Be back I know. Literally, it's 50s. like the only two days in a whatever 15, yeah. 20 day span. And then and then wasn't it a few years ago where Dallas had the so the snowstorm? Remember that was it the ice? They had the ice. Remember storm, the ice. Storm and like like nothing like you couldn't do anything like you couldn't leave the house yeah well so have, we're not that we'll have Scott Agnes on tomorrow I know he was in Salt Lake last year for that All Star game and I want to say they ran into some issues I'd probably have to double check that with Scott I'm gonna jot that down to talk to Scott about uh, tomorrow but again activities around the city gonna continue to ramp up here in the coming days I did want to mention this. Um, again, tomorrow night, Adrian Borjanowski, Tyrese Halliburton, Grant Hill at the Vogue. We talked about that. Download the NBA events app. I cannot encourage that more. And I am not this guy, Andy, that's like, you know, I have a million apps on my phone and I'll download anything. I'm, I'm kind of a, no, no, no. I, I've got special space on my you're phone. A I don't want, yeah. You're a stickler. To, are you really? I'm a okay. bit of a stickler. But okay. if you have any desire to attend anything All-Star Weekend-wise, the NBA event app is perfect in terms of like, Building out a schedule, um, transportation tab. It's very easy. It's very user friendly. Um, just the lookability of it. Uh, you can schedule all of your. There is schedule of all the events, and you kind of build your own schedule off of that. Um, so I, I could not endorse that more. Again, download the NBA Events app if you're going to do anything All Star related here coming up the next few days. Certainly do that. The TNT show, by the way, Kenny, Charles, oh, Shaq, yeah. Ernie. They're going to be in the convention center tomorrow night. Okay. So three NBA I, games I tomorrow. T- tonight's the last big night of NBA games. Right. Tomorrow night, you'll still have three more. They'll do their Thursday night action that they usually do in Atlanta from their studios. They'll do that in the convention center. I believe there are some tickets available for that. Uh, and then we'll be there, what, 12 hours after they end? Uh, or probably less than that. Uh, we'll be there <laughs> Friday keep, morning. Just keep the set up. Uh, KB sure, and I will just, yeah, exactly, we'll just right. be there with the yeah. TNT set. I'll just keep everything share, up. Right? Yeah, I'm sure they won't care. I mean, does Charles Barkley, is he going to give a slight to the city, a funny slight like he does to, to many other cities? San Antonio in particular? Do you think he's just going to be praising the city? I, I, you know I, him. Knowing Charles, there will be a jab <laughs> or two. I did see they're also going to do some simulcast here coming up um, this weekend. So, uh, again, Saturday night over at Lucas Oil, we'll have the three-point, we'll have the dunk, we'll have the skills challenge. The simulcast uh, will be with Jason Tatum, Vince Carter, Carmelo Anthony, and Adam Lefko. That will be on True TV. I know I joke a lot about True TV. But then the simulcast for Sunday, Andy, again, think Manning cast for this. Draymond Green, Charles Barkley <laughs> will be your alternate yep. view for the All-Star Game Sunday nights. That will be on True TV. So you have your what? Kevin Harlan, Reggie, I assume, is the normal Sunday night All-Star Game crew. But uh, over on True TV, you'll have Draymond, Charles Barkley, Taylor Rooks, and Jamal Crawford 
on that call. Yeah, that's like that's the new thing now. All the different alternate broadcasts. Which if you've got uh, everything multiple else, channels, so. I think it makes sense. Give yeah. me the options. I'm kind of mad at Lefko. I did text Lefko. Never got anything back. So we'll have to see if I can find him uh, this week. All right. Uh, I think the voice of ESPN Radio, especially when it comes to play by play, it's Mark Kestishir. He joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Kesty, a very good morning to you. Hope all is well. When do you arrive in Indy? And if I and if I can do this, I want to pin you down. Uh, what's an item or two you can't wait to see this weekend here in Indianapolis? Oh, man, uh, guys, good to be on with you this morning. Uh, I will be heading into town tomorrow afternoon. Indy's one of my favorite cities uh, for sports. Uh, you know, we've, we've been there for college hoops, for football, and for basketball. Love the arena and interested to see how it all sets up in the football stadium on Saturday. Uh, besides eating, because P.J. <laughs> Carlissimo is the king of uh, Mater D, you know, uh, just getting us into great restaurants in every city in every uh, country we ever visit together. Um, you know, I always look forward to the three-point contest. To me, that's uh, the best part of All-Star Weekend. It's a great challenge. Uh, I, you know, I can be math challenged at times, so trying to stay on top of points and, and who's doing what and the Steph-Sabrina thing should be a lot of fun. Uh, I think I calculated it one year. There's about 300 shots that are taken every um, all-star Saturday three-point contest. So by the end of Saturday night, uh, my voice is usually wiped out, and then uh, fortunately the game's not till about eight o'clock on uh, Sunday. And and hopefully we'll get a you know a, a well-contested all-star game uh, when they're coming down the stretch. Five minutes within five points happens every once in a while. Those are the best, and those are the ones you hope for. Boy, that three-point lineup, again, it is star-studded to say the least. Lillard, Brunson, Halliburton, Laurie Markkinen, Donovan Mitchell, Tyrese Maxey, Carl Anthony Towns, loaded lineup, and as Mark said, you get the Steph Curry, Sabrina, and Oscu head-to-head coming up then after that on Saturday night inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. He is Mark Kestesher. You hear him on ESPN, the play-by-play voice for ESPN Radio when it comes to the NBA. It's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Mark, just from afar, I mean, we're in our Pacers bubble here. We've focused a whole lot on it. But I guess nationally, when you talk to people or just your, your own general observations on what you've seen from the Pacers this season, what are they? You know, we, um, we caught them at probably the best time earlier this year when we were at the uh, in-season tournament in Las Vegas. And Tyrese Halliburton certainly has been a, a great young player who I had the privilege to cover a number of times in college at Iowa State, and you could just see that the franchise finally, right, is coming back around and, you know, has some good young talent and was a big surprise team in the East. I think it's typical this time of year when you're getting close to All-Star and guys are dealing with injury. Obviously, Tyrese had a scary-looking injury that, you know, fortunately didn't keep him out as long as, you know, it looked when he first went down. And it's kind of those doldrums. And they're sitting in kind of the doldrum spot in the East, right? They're right at the bottom of that top six and right on the verge of the play-in. And uh, you're kind of in a you know sub-500 stretch here in the last month. And you take this break, you catch a breath of air. Uh, Indy obviously is going to be the, the spotlight, the center of the NBA universe this weekend. And those guys, Halliburton, Matherin, et cetera, who will be part of all different um, aspects of the weekend – uh, will kind of breathe new life into the stretch run because really it's it's not the halfway point. It's like the two-thirds point, isn't it? And now yeah. you can kind of see in front of you what's coming. So I think the national is we've kind of forgotten about the Pacers for the moment because they've cooled off. But when you look at the NBA in total, even as Boston feels like the cream of the crop in the East, 
and you've got four teams really logjammed at the top of the West. It feels wide open this year. And so if they can make a run, if they could get healthy, I think uh, the national perspective is they like this young team led by a dynamic point guard who's leading the league in assists. Mark Kessis here with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline, voice of ESPN Radio. You'll hear uh, him and PJ and the crew. You'll hear him a lot here on the fan over the next several days as well, the events and, of course, the game coming up on Sunday. All right, let's do a good and bad. Who is a a team that uh, you think has outkicked their coverage, if you will, on the good side? And then uh, which team has surprised you thus far this season, kind of on the bad side that maybe hasn't lived up to what you thought they would be this season? Yeah, I guess I'm half glass full, although my contemporaries probably wouldn't agree. Uh, so I'll go with uh, on the good side first. I think uh, this is hard. I'm going to say Cleveland because of recency bias, the way they've played, how hot they got, even when their stars like Darius Garland and Evan Mobley were still injured and they got going and Donovan Mitchell carried that club. Is it sustainable the rest of the way? I don't know. I think a close second is Oklahoma City because we see the young talent. We see the stockpile of draft picks, and uh, no one's re- no one probably could even pick out Jalen Williams if they bumped into him at the mall, right? And and he's the second best. He probably said the same thing about Shea Gilders Alexander. So those are two teams: um, Oklahoma City taking that next step and Cleveland excelling. And then I think, and I don't know, it's it's circumstance, but. Milwaukee, I guess I should have seen, you know, with the Drew Holiday trade that they would have taken such a, you know, deep dive on defense and then firing their coach at 30 and 13 and Doc coming in and trying to turn things around and struggling. You know, that's the surprise uh, on the negative side so far. I mean, I guess we could always include uh, the Lakers and the Warriors when they're in the play-in position or just outside play-in position at this point. But those are just a couple of teams that come to mind. And he's Mark Kestesher. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline, uh, play-by-play voice for ESPN Radio. He's going to be a busy man come this weekend in Indy. Mark, I feel like you'd be the perfect person to ask this. My background mainly is NFL, traveling, covering the Colts. Um, but NBA-wise, I haven't been to a lot of other venues outside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. I know playoff time. All the venues are loud. You know, everybody's decked out in, you know, the specific shirt or the rally towels, etc. Give me the regular season buildings that you would label as the loudest in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, because I'm coming to Indy, I-, I have to say it's one of my favorite facilities. I mean, the field house was incredibly well constructed. And everyone who talks about Indianapolis talks about great walking city, great restaurants, hotels are right there. So we love Indy. And it gets loud and probably the most knowledgeable fan base. So I don't just say that because I'm on in the market right now. For loudness, the first thing I thought of halfway through your question was Utah. There's something about that building. If you've never been inside the Delta Center, it is tight. It is small. The first deck kind of has this high pitch, like maybe higher than 45 degrees. And so the the noise just bounces around that building. So I think number one uh, will probably be Utah. And then the other week we had uh, the Knicks and Lakers in New York. And, you know, I don't know what it is about Madison Square Garden, but when the team's rolling and the fan base gets behind them and you have an 8.30 Saturday night game so everybody can get lubed up in the hours before, (laughs) I mean, there's just a special atmosphere. I don't know if it's loudness. Maybe it's atmosphere. uh, But, you know, those those are two buildings that come to mind. 
Mark Kestich here with us here. Uh, he'll be uh, on the call this weekend for ESPN Radio for all the events happening All-Star game-wise. I need to ask you this. I don't mind saying it. So I worked uh, with your guy Bobby V in Louisville for many years. What's your next college game? What have you made of the college <laughs> basketball season, Kesty? I remember when we had those chats with uh, yeah. Bobby V in, uh, uh, <laughs> down in Louisville. You know, sad to say, I did. How about this for a schedule? I had the Champions Classic, which yep. is, you know, like the second or third or fourth game for every team. So you get Kentucky, Kansas, you get Michigan State, you get Duke. And then I don't have another college game until the Big 12 tournament. Oh, my goodness. Weird, weird way it happened. I tried to stay in touch. Uh, you know, Syracuse Homer that got excited about a win over North Carolina. <laughs> it's a big win. Night. But, yeah, so I try. You know what I do? When I'm in hotel rooms or even just at home, I try to take an NBA break because I love League Pass. It's kind of my life, you know, for six months. And I just watch a lot of Big 12 games just to stay on top of it. And then whatever the big game is or close finishes, I just bounce around and drive my wife crazy all night. Uh, but, yeah, I don't have any regular season games until the Big 12. Very disappointing if my bosses are listening. Well, yeah, in the, in, in the Big 12, I mean, it might be it might be the year where Kansas actually doesn't win it. They're, do you know this, KB? They're fifth in the Big 12. It, I mean, Is Houston leading? Uh, Iowa State, actually, right now, technically, would be your winner. Houston, you know, tied for first. Then Baylor, Texas Tech, Kansas. I mean, Kansas lost by almost 30 last night. Yeah, not to put you on the spot, Kesty, but, I mean, that should be an interesting Big 12. Tournament when it looks like it might be the first year, like 15 years, that Bill Self doesn't win the conference. It's um, it is amazing how those four teams have come in, led by Houston, BYU, as you said, is having success. Uh, Cincinnati and UCF are you know below 500 in conference, but have been competitive in the games. And for a conference that largely has been top to bottom when it was only a 10-team conference. You know, the best in, you know, 70% of, of their teams were going to the NCAA tournament. Uh, it is wide open. It's great to see Houston has brought a lot of life. I know they got routed in Kansas a couple of weekends ago, but Texas Tech is outstanding. Kansas has had its issues, and you're right. Uh, Bill Self isn't used to losing games at home. No. And, and Kansas City is virtually home. Uh, it felt like for years it was Kansas and Iowa State and you could ride up uh, to Ames and rob just about any house because everybody was in Kansas City during those tournaments. Uh, so it, it should be interesting, and it's no gimme. It's no gimme in the Big 12 this year. Tyrese Halliburton got to be loving this conversation about his Cyclones. You'll hear his voice a whole lot on these airwaves in the upcoming days. Mark Kestesher, of course, ESPN play-by-play voice for ESPN Radio, and uh, he will be a big part of All-Star Weekend. Mark, safe travels tomorrow afternoon, and uh, thank you for the time, man. Great to be on with you guys and uh, so many friends in Indy. Looking forward to catching up with this weekend. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. 
right, final segment on this Wednesday, hanging on the drivehuber.com studios. A couple different reminders. Uh, Adrian Warjanowski, reminder, he's going to have his podcast. He was on with us. If you want to find that podcast, 1075thefan.com. He'll be taping his podcast live with Tyrese Halliburton and Grant Hill. That's tomorrow night at the Vogue Theater. You can find tickets for that, thevogue.com. That's going to be at 8 o'clock. And, and we then, might be making an and, appearance. And I think we're going to... "Quote unquote," pump the crowd up. I think it's <laughs> at some point tomorrow. Do so we just play do Jock that, Jams on repeat? Is that what I, we do? I'm fine with that. I have the Tootsie Roll. I think that was on Jock Jams <laughs> Volume One. So now, if you want to see, us, to it. do the Tootsie Roll. So that's all tomorrow night at eight o'clock. Again for tickets, thevogue.com and Woj was on with us, as was ESPN Radio's Mark Kestishier. You miss any of those conversations? Check it out. The Podcast Center 1075thefan.com and our next guest as well, Nick Gardner, joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Analyst there for Butler Basketball. A close game, a loss last night. Nick, good morning. Thanks for joining us. I guess let's start here. After the game, you know, Thad talked a lot about, you know, not making shots, and we understand you got to make shots to win. But besides that, what kind of bothered you last night? Butler got so close, couldn't get it over the hump, and ultimately they lose by six. Yeah, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's good to talk to you, the uh, the hype man. I I'm, I may have to get a ticket to come see you guys. Come on now. <laughs> We're going to have to bring you on stage here. I know you've had a night or two at the Vogue in your day. Oh, oh, that's 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 for another interview, I think, KB. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but no, last night I think, you know, I thought, I thought the dogs were fortunate to, uh, you know, that first half you had nine turnovers. I think that's one area. Uh, the last couple games where that turnover number has gotten high. Butler's been so good at taking care of the basketball. It's been part of the reason why they've been so efficient and so potent on the offensive end. And then I think something that, look, the dogs have done a much better job of of late is just kind of those crucial plays, right? Like those game-changing plays that you just have to find a way to win. Um, Marquette was able to make those plays late. You know, Butler cuts it to two. Um, They have the ball, and you get a turnover late in the game. I think we're on a minute and a half, two minutes left. They come down, bleed the clock, and Cam Jones banks in a three. Um, they were, you know, Cola had a late three. They just executed really well down the stretch. And so I think turnovers and just kind of timely execution is what let things slide yesterday. Nick, before we get any further, it's been great to run into you a few times this fall and watching your son and my nephew play on the same, uh, I guess, football and basketball teams. And there I'm sitting the other day reading the Indianapolis Business Journal, terrific work by Derek Schultz in a profile on you. Um, you've been doing this gig for multiple decades now, Butler Color Man, and obviously your history of the program extends deeper into that as a player. And I, I'm reading the story, and I get to kind of near the end of it, and I feel like Derek Schultz buried the lead, and I really hope there's video of this. Are you telling me that very early in your color personality career, after a big Butler win, I believe in the Garden, if I remember yeah. correctly, you ran out onto the court to celebrate the win with the team? <laughs> so it, it, there's a little bit. He, he missed. So what I, I did do, it is true. So that was one of the first games that I'd done. That was our, our first season. Uh, Joe Gentry and I working together. And it, it we're at the Garden. And back in the day at the Garden, they basically had different radio spots, like over the, con- over the tunnels that you got out to the concourse. So you were like sitting on top of the tunnel. They were a really weird angle. 
and we had won the preseason NIT. It's it's, it's been tradition about you win the you win a game at, in the locker room. You go in, you sing the war song. It's uh, it, it's been something that's been done since my time there. And so I was so fired up. <laughs> I turned to Joe. I said, I was like, Joe, you got this post game. I booked it down on the court. I actually, it wasn't on the court technically. It was in the locker room at Madison Square Garden. But it is true. I ditched the headset and ran down and said, man, I got to sing the war song in the garden. And so I took the opportunity to do that. Uh, I absolutely love that. I love that passion. It's one of my favorite things about college athletics. That's and frankly, great. you, um, I, I do want to, I guess, probably a question you've been asked a lot. And for our audience that might, might not know, Nick, your playing career at Butler included who as head coach? Because I know there's multiple. Yeah, so uh, my, my freshman year, I played for Coach Mata in his first year there. Um, and then Todd Licklider took over, and he was my coach for the for my my last three years. Okay, so Thad for obviously just one year, then he goes to Xavier. Now all of a sudden Thad is back, and, and you know you just don't see this very often, frankly, in any sport, particularly college athletics. As best you can remember, as a freshman in college, which is probably unfair of me to ask, what is the same and what's changed about Thad Mata? Oh well, I tell you what. Um, not a lot has changed. I mean, obviously, he's a little more. I mean, he's he's, you know, he's he's just more tenured. You know, he's a little more polished. Certainly, like everybody does in whatever role when they grow. But one thing about Coach Mata is he is the ultimate uh, instiller of confidence and belief in his guys. Uh, I absolutely loved playing for him because you felt like he could do anything. He just empowers his team, um, and he is he is a guy that. <clears throat> Like, if I could ever run into the locker room today, like in present day, I would do it before the game because I would want to be in there to hear what he has to say to get you going because you are going to be ready to run through a wall. Um, he is an extremely um, smart guy, and, and, and he's really smart in, like, what he spends his time on. He, he's about winning, and he doesn't let a lot of the fray get in the way. He doesn't let some of that stuff, you know, affect how he coaches his team. Uh, and so certainly there's been some differences. He's got um, a, a wealth of experience, but in the end, he's still just a really passionate coach who believes in his players and does an unbelievable job of instilling that belief in them and knowing that, hey, th- those guys are going to be playing at a really high level because of how their coach believes in them. And then obviously he's got really good staff around him, and, and he's always done that. He's always had really high-level staff around him that are empowered to do their roles. And, I mean, you can see the impact it's had on this group. It's been a, a phenomenal turnaround in just one year. Nick Gardner with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Butler basketball radio analyst joining us here for a couple more minutes. You know, Posh Alexander, he misses a few games. He comes back the last three games, just 7 of 25 from the field, averaging just 7 points per game in the last three games. Had just 4 points on 1 of 5 shooting last night. Is it is he going through a slump? Is he just trying to get back from the injury? What do you think it is with Posh? Um, well, I think obviously he's not – I don't think he's at – you know, full hundred percent. He's a, he's a gamer though. Like that dude wants to play. Um, and I think he, here's the thing with Posh is I don't know, like there are going to be some games where those shooting numbers are going to look really good. Um, but I, I just look back to the Providence game, Andy, and, and, you know, I think he was three of 12 yep. from the field. Didn't shoot it great, but man, did he impact that 10, eight and eight. Um, and just his, his, the effect he has on the opposition with his pesky nature, defensively, um, his toughness, 
he, he brings so much more, I think, than what you see in the score sheet. And so at times you, you get skewed when you do see that score sheet. But I, I think he's a little bit banged up. And, and I think, frankly, last night, Finley Bizjack got going. And Coach Mata found a lineup that was working and getting back. So we kinda, he kind of rode that out. So I think, you know, you look at his minutes played last night. Um, I think some of that had more so to do with how well guys stepped up when he wasn't out there and just kind of riding a hot lineup. But I, but I think for sure he's he, he's he's not 100%, but at times those numbers are going to be deceiving because his impact can be far greater than that. And, again, I think that Providence game is a great example. Numbers don't look great, but, man, did he impact winning. And, boy, what Finley showed last night can be huge for another option for Butler here as they close out the regular season. Again, Nick Gardner, the color man alongside Mark Menner, always a great listen. He joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Butler Creighton coming up Saturday afternoon. Nick, for those that haven't seen a ton of Butler this year, the faces have changed big time. I would say the body types have changed. I've said this to yeah. Thad when, we, when we've had him on. I'm like, Thad, you got some dudes that could go play on Sunday coming up here in a few years. I guess for those, you know, and Fox Sports 1 threw up a great graphic last night, the difference in just the wins and the Big East wins and the point total from this year to last year. For those that haven't seen a lot of Butler either last year or this year, what has changed in your eyes? Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Kevin. I think one of the first things when you saw this roster compared to just, again, just looking at them, you go watch them on the court, the size on the wing. Jamil Telford, Pierre Brooks the second. You've got big bodies who can score and who are really versatile. Um, You've got to give credit to, to Thad and his staff for, I mean, the portal can be uh, deceiving, I think. You, you're recruiting guys, you know, in, in the past you recruited high school guys for two, three years and got to know them. Now you're doing that in two and three weeks um, and doing it over Zoom. And so it's hard to identify, especially some of the intangibles. Right. You can look at guys' numbers and go to Ken Palm and see their efficiency and all this stuff, but what's their makeup? What are they like? And so this, this staff did an unbelievable job of identifying certain traits on the court, better shootings. Um, experience is obviously one of them. Um, and just some more versatility. I think specifically that shooting nature. And then you go identify, okay, um, do we want to go just get one-year guys or do we want to try and get some guys where this can be a little bit more sustainable in today's environment? And so they went and did that. Um, DJ Davis is leading the nation in free throw shooting. He's a lights out shooter that you have to cover and, and he changes the game. Um, you know, he didn't get, didn't have a huge night last night, but he was coming off four straight 20 point games. Um, and, and I think that size and that shooting on the wing has been the biggest difference. And, and this is a group that gets up and down. They play much faster because of that offensive ability and the added threats. You've got a bunch of different guys that can hurt you. And so it's really hard to key on one guy. I mean, Pierre Brooks is the leading scorer, but DJ Davis is right there. Jamil Telford's right there. Um, you know, you got really three main guys, and then Finley Bizjack has stepped up and made some plays. And Andre Screen has played really good minutes. So, you know, they, they, you, you got to have a little bit of luck with that, uh, but certainly identifying those traits and, and turning it over so quickly was, was impressive. And, and now you put yourself in a position um, to, to keep playing in March. And that's all you wanted, and, and you got some challenging games ahead, but but you like this group because of their ability to score. I think it's the biggest difference, KB. And again, I think the resume looks strong. I, I, I get when you're in it, it, it might not look whatever yeah. as attractive as you would like, but I just think the wins away from home, the no bad losses, sure, you'd like to add one or two here down the stretch, but I think Butler is going to have their name called here 
in about a month. Nick, always enjoy our conversations. I've enjoyed running into you a few times here in the fall. Uh, love the call with you and Mark, and uh, we'll certainly be listening come Saturday afternoon. Likewise. Appreciate it. You guys are great listeners as well. I tune in every pretty much every morning on the way into the office. So keep up the good work, and thanks for having me on.